Hello and welcome to Emson's latest podcast. My name is Ross Clark and I'm a partner in the GPT. This is one of a series of primary care podcasts we are producing in 2020 and this short 15-minute podcast will cover partnership disputes, what to do if you're involved in one and how to avoid them. Now, you may think it won't happen to you, but unfortunately, partnership disputes can and do arise. And when they do, they can be very time-consuming, costly, stressful, emotional, and destabilizing for the practice, the staff of the practice, and the individual partners involved. Accordingly, it is worth thinking what would happen if one arose in your practice, how you would deal with it, and how you would resolve it. So what to do when a dispute arises? Well, the first thing to, to say is, Try not to let your emotion override rational thinking and objectivity. Now, this is hard to do and very easy to say, but it is important. Trying to remain calm and avoiding inflammatory emotional statements really helps in trying to achieve a consensus and avoid things becoming worse. Link to that, don't make rash decisions and don't to agree to anything straight away. If there is a meeting or a discussion about a dispute, make it clear at the outset that anything discussed or agreed is not to be relied upon. The legal phrase for that is without prejudice. This meeting is without prejudice. And make it clear that any decision made is subject to getting advice and or agreeing to it in writing after the meeting. In that way, partners involved can have a productive meeting, say what they think, exchange views and even discuss ways of resolving the dispute, knowing that nothing said there is going to be relied upon and everyone can go and reflect on it after the meeting and then come back to it, maybe after having advice to then look at what could be put together that would be binding. Now, it is important throughout to take notes, either if the partnership are, are dealing with a dispute to have minutes taken of partnership meetings and for the individual partner involved it's also really crucial to take notes even if minutes are being taken take your own notes so that you you know that the, the minutes produced are consistent with with what was said and you can challenge anything that doesn't accord with your record of what was was stated it's important to try and get a clear um reference to to what was said what was agreed even though it is without prejudice and and and, and subject to contract next it's also crucial that um if there is a partnership agreement and i hope there is in in, in most practices that you get a copy of it make sure it's a valid and binding partnership agreement has it been fully signed is it dated have any new partners being um, admitted to the partnership after it was signed? Because if they haven't joined uh, into the partnership agreement and signed a partnership agreement, then that partnership agreement probably won't apply. Because when a new partner joins the partnership, a new partnership is formed. And if that new partnership hasn't signed a new agreement or a deed of adherence to agree to be bound by the previous agreement, it, it probably isn't binding. Um, so that can have catastrophic, catastrophic effects. I'll come back to that in a minute. But, but primarily get the partnership agreement and then review it and understand what's in it. So the key terms that you want to be looking for if there's a partnership dispute are the provisions around meetings, giving notice for meetings, the quorum of partners present for a meeting to proceed, um, voting and decision making at meetings, how are decisions made? There may be certain um, decisions that require unanimous approval. Um, and obviously, if you've got a dispute, you're not going to get unanimous approval. Some might be a majority. And you need to understand that to know what can and cannot be decided at a particular point. You also want to look at the compulsory retirement or expulsion provisions. What are the grounds upon which a partner can be expelled or maybe even suspended instead of expulsion? 
uh, is there a without grounds clause and a without grounds sort of clause is, is commonly called a green socks clause where there doesn't need to be an established ground to uh, expel somebody it, it's just a resolution of all the other partners deciding they no longer wish to continue in partnership with that person so it's really important you understand the mechanisms by which partners can be expelled or dealt with um, and on top of the partnership agreement remember also partners have fiduciary duties. The primary fiduciary duty is to act in good faith. And that needs to be remembered when you're dealing with a dispute. You at all times need to act in good faith, i.e. act fairly and properly towards your fellow partners, even somebody you're having a dispute with. Um, another part from the from from the partnership agreement is is the procedure required to implement any measure. So, for example, an expulsion, you may have an expulsion clause, but you then need to look at how it's implemented. There's maybe rigorous uh, procedures about giving notice, waiting a couple of weeks to allow the partner concerned to to um, uh, respond in writing or make written sort of representations or, or, or speak to the partners before a final decision is made. So it's vital that you understand the provisions of the partnership agreement and, and the procedure to implement them. But remember also overlying that at all times is a duty to act in good faith. Now coming back to the position where the part there isn't a partnership agreement or you think you've got a partnership agreement but you've got a new partner admitted and nobody's signed up to a new agreement with that new partner part, partner then you may well have no valid agreement uh, applying this is very damaging in a dispute situation because what you have is what's called a partnership at will there's no agreement provide pro, um, governing it and there are some protections in the partnership act that can provide some protection here. Uh, but crucially, the Partnership Act provides that there's no right of expulsion without it being in a written agreement. Accordingly, if you've got a partnership at will, you cannot expel a partner. The solution in a partnership at will is to dissolve the partnership. And actually, any partner can dissolve the partnership simply by giving notice to all the other partners. That's a very powerful position when there's a dispute and there's no valid binding partnership agreement because the partner in dispute can simply say, well, if you don't agree to my terms, I'm going to dissolve the partnership and serve notice on you. And that means you need to stop, uh, effectively stop the business of the partnership and wind up the partnership. Now, in practice, you wouldn't do that. There's all, all kinds of ways that you would challenge whether there's a partnership at will and you wouldn't simply say, right, we can't see any more patients, we can't treat anybody. That, 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 that just wouldn't happen. But in terms of the tactics involved in a, a dispute situation, it, it, it is very powerful if there's no partnership agreement or there's an argument that a partnership agreement doesn't apply and one partner is saying they've got a right to dissolve the partnership. <clears throat> so message there, make sure you've got a valid and up-to-date partnership agreement. Another important point when uh, you're involved in a partnership dispute is to take advice as early as possible, certainly before you take any action against uh, the partner concerned or if you are the partner concerned before you respond to any proposal or any action of the partnership. Uh, we've had situations where partnerships have come to us after they've expelled a partner and there's not really a lot we can do at that stage in terms of remedying that because the dissolution has taken place and that may have given a terrific advantage to the individual partner if they've wrongfully expelled them uh, and there could have been so much more we could have done to prevent that had we been involved at an early stage 
it will save time, it will save money, it will save a lot of hassle. So please take advice as early as you can, and ideally before you get close to to um, expelling anyone. And and really also the other aspect is taking advice can also be involving others to try and mediate the dispute. And we, we have a lot of dis experience with disputes and we can help try to solve them. But there are others like the LMC and mediators who are very good at that specific task. So trying to uh, avoid a dispute escalating perhaps to a dis dissolution or uh, 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 an expulsion of a partner and having terms agreed for a retirement is is the ideal solution to a dispute um, because you're, you're, you're avoiding it escalating, you're avoiding it becoming more bitter and if terms can be agreed, I wouldn't say everyone's happy, but everyone's content to then draw a line um, on that basis. So take advice and involve others where you feel comfortable doing so and where they may be able to help um, uh, resolve the dispute. Now, finally, when involved in a dispute, devise a strategy. Now, it, it's so important. It, it, it's, it's awful to say this, but partnership disputes are a bit like a game of poker in that each sort of party has their own hand and they're trying to outguess the others. And you need to develop a strategy of how you're going to deal with uh, the, the particular issue at hand, what options you have in terms of the partnership agreement, what alternatives you have, what you think the partner concerned or the partnership wants to offer and how they're feeling about things and develop a strategy and also identify somebody who's the best person to try and uh, mediate the dispute. It may not be the senior partner, it may be somebody that gets on well with both sides. If that's possible, try and find somebody to to act as a, a, a broker between the two sides. That may be difficult because sides may have been polarised, but if you can, that can sometimes be, be, be useful. So that's some um, help and guidance on what to do if you're involved in a dispute. Now, crucially, let's move on to how you can try and avoid disputes in the first place. So the first lesson in avoiding disputes is being very careful when you're considering admitting new partners. Now, I know it's a difficult time when um, a lot of practices are very keen to get new partners on board, but you need to ensure that you're admitting the right people into the partnership. You don't need to like all your partners. You just need to respect them and trust them. Um, and getting that perspective on somebody can be difficult when you're inter interviewing them if they're coming fresh from somewhere else. It helps if they're a salaried GP at the practice or have worked as a locum and you get to know them. But obviously, you're going to be in a very tight relationship with them, one of utmost good faith and trust. And you need to have that sense about, about new partners uh, before you admit them to the partnership and carry out some due diligence on them. Some background, obviously, some background checks and some um, uh, verification of previous jobs, but also a sense of who they are. So references are key here, people that have worked with them before and get a feeling for what they're like. So once the partnership's uh, running along, watch out for early signs of a disagreement that ca can escalate into a dispute. Now, it, it's absolutely fine to disagree. I mean, it, a, a, a functional partnership is one that disagrees, but it's how they resolve those disagreements that's important. Watch for disagreements that are actually that, that, that become long lasting or are escalating and getting a bit more bitter and are polarizing people um, because those need to be addressed. And that's the stage to address them when it's still people are all talking to each other. There may be a disagreement. It might become a bit bitter and a bit heated, but actually people are still there around the table talking. That's the point at which you can rescue 
the, 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 the disagreement becoming a, a proper dispute. Um, how you do that is up to the partnership, you know, talking to people, finding a solution. Be, be a bit creative as well. Be open to solutions that, that you may not personally like, but may, you know, may cost a bit of money or not be ideal. But try and think about the impact of a disagreement escalating because disputes that escalate are costly they're bitter and they're time consuming. You really do want to try and avoid them. It, 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 it is awful to see the side effects of them when you're dealing with them and the effect it can have in a partnership. And let's not forget the staff and the employees because although you might keep or want to keep this private, that's very difficult and staff are very sensitive to something going on and it, it can really affect a partnership and, 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 and affect the whole practice uh, tremendously. So let's try and avoid that watch out for early stages, deal with them, try and be uh, open to uh, solutions that, that would solve the dispute, but not to everyone's sort of best favour, but, but, but be open to that because that is going to help. But by far and away, the most important message here is without a doubt, have a partnership agreement in place. Not just any partnership agreement, have a detailed up-to-date and clearly drafted partnership agreement. I would say this, but but please go to a GP specialist firm of solicitors to get a partnership agreement. We've seen some dreadful agreements that 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 have been drafted by firms that do traditional partnership work but don't understand GP uh, GP work. And 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 you'll probably know the GP specialist uh, solicitors, but 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 do you do use them? Because there's a reason you would want to use them. Now, you want to ensure that your partnership agreement covers the key areas that I mentioned before, the holding of meetings, quorum meetings, decision making and voting, what decisions need a, a unanimous decision, what can be a majority, um, and also look at the, the kind of problem areas such as, you know, sick leave. Uh, provision. So, so, so absent through illness, long-term absent through illness is a common cause that escalates into a dispute. So you want to look at who pays for the locum costs, how are, uh, when does the profit share of the sick partner uh, come to an end? There's often a sort of staged full, full profit share for X months and then down to half share and then there's a point at which profit share comes to an end. And ultimately, when does the partnership have the right to compulsory retire that partner if they've been off sick for, for a long time? It's a very difficult decision and it's very emotional, especially if you've got a partner who, 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 who everybody likes but has been off sick. But the partners have a duty to consider the continuing uh, partnership and keeping it going and maybe making space for others. So a really difficult decision. But, but if you've addressed that in a partnership agreement and you've all whilst you've got a functioning partnership you've agreed on the terms you've discussed them that's a good time to do it because you're not in the heat of any dispute and what you can do there is you can say well okay what if this happened what if that happened you're not pointing at anybody in particular saying you've done this you've done that you're thinking about what if what if and in that way you get provisions that cover all of these possibilities and and, and the effect of that is when the partners get into a dispute if they've agreed the agreement and the agreement's clear and it covers it, there's less prospect for a dispute. The dispute tends to be less bitter because a partner will go, well, yeah, I did agree to that. That's fair enough. And and it, it's not a perfect solution, but by far and away, that is the best armory in helping a dispute be solved and be solved sensibly is have a partnership agreement that is sound and deals with all these things and is up to date. And on that up to date point, remember that a new partner joining a partnership creates a new partnership. And it's vital that that new partner signs the partnership agreement. So either 
all of the partners sign a new fresh copy of the partnership agreement, including the new partner, or the new partner can sign a deed of adherence where uh, he or she says to the other partners, I agree to be bound by that agreement with you and we're all party to it together. Either way, that's important because if you forget that, you may be into the partnership at will territory and you do not want to be there if you've got a dispute. So in concluding, I hope that's given you a summary of, of um, what to do if a partnership dispute arises and also um, how to avoid them at the outset if you can. Easy to say, I know it's difficult in practice, but a few uh, sort of suggestions there for you. Uh, now, that just leaves me to say thank you for listening to the podcast and, and please contact me. Don't hesitate to contact me or any of my colleagues um, if, if you want any assistance or have any questions. Uh, you can find my contact details on the website uh, or you can call me on 01423 724012. That's 01423 My name again is Ross Clark. And finally, can I just say that this podcast includes opinion and interpretation, which we consider is correct at the time of recording. But you should always seek legal advice in your situation. As I say, if you'd like to know more, please have a look at our website and thank you for your time listening. Thank you.